Hey, welcome. This particular channel will be devoted to reviewing 2023. If you feel like sharing anything, by all means, that's what this is for. And if it's related to any of the discussed topics of the episode, all the better. That's what this podcast is all about. So please come find us on Instagram on Let's Review with Layla and You. I will be dropping promotional posts accompanying the episode to start the conversations and give you all a place for some reciprocation. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Review 2023 with Leila and you. In this episode, we will be reviewing February 2023. Calling it anything short of disastrous would, in my opinion, be an understatement. Particularly this month, we saw a lot of man-made disasters, but also Mother Nature bitch-slapping us. But yeah, one of the reasons why I decided to continue these Let's Review episodes was mainly due to the happenings in February and later on October, is full disclosure, when this was recorded. Because for a while there, I dropped the ball, but due to everything happening this year, I thought I'd give it a reboot, or more of a revamp. This particular month was a doozy, so let's get to it. Let's kick it off with some regular global news. Over 500,000 teachers, civil servants from more than 100 departments and public bodies, including the Cabinet's Office, Health, Transport, Education, and Business Departments, are on strike in the United Kingdom. I mean, is there anyone left that is not on strike in the United Kingdom? You know shit is bad when so many different parts of your society are striking. I think maybe there we have the theme for 2023. 2023, 2020, me. But also 2023, strike baby. Okay, might need a little work. Help me out here, people. Also around this time, there were a lot of Chinese weather balloons being shot down by the US government. And it's pointed out that this was also happening, but going unnoticed somehow, when Donald Trump was president. And John Stewart so beautifully and rightfully, in my opinion, points out that the media sensationalizes it to the point that they somehow seem disappointed that this doesn't result in a war. It seems they are so desperate for Joe Biden to fail, if you want to call that failing, that they will gladly embrace a war with China, a war that we all know and have known for many decades, will result most likely in the entire annihilation of our species, maybe even our planet. That is the whole stalemate that we've been in all these years, that China, Russia, the US can blow us all to kingdom come 20 million times over, and the only reason that they don't is because they know when you open that door, there's no going back. So yeah, I think this is a very good example of how lost wackadoodle a lot of prominent figures in our society are but no, just being able to say, I told you so, when Joe Biden fucks up, even if you're only alive for five seconds to enjoy that moment, is apparently good enough. This is the kind of craziness that made us all tighten our sphincters a little bit as soon as Donald Trump became president. These people, well, they can't think more than two seconds ahead, for one, but also, they don't give a flying fart if they drag us all down into the precipice with them. And that's when people become scary, especially when they're prominent government officials and trying to go through the process of voting them out it takes a few years to have any effect and getting criminal charges to state also takes many many years i mean the fact that the dude is still able to run for president for 2024 even with all the indictments scares me because it means that the door is still open for him to return but let's leave that nightmare for another time 
only thing slightly funny about all of this was that there was the increased speculation about this being UFOs. There's enough happening on the planet to draw attention worldwide. Who's to say not also extraterrestrial attention? The question is, are they here to watch, to help, to save, or to capitalize on our distracted, head shoved up our own asses moment in time to lay claim or destroy us? It seems that everything is still on the table. We have some redeeming qualities, right? Somewhere. Though sometimes mainly because it's our government officials that are fucking around with stuff that could threaten us all. Not even counting a possible extraterrestrial in intervention in whatever way is enough to make a girl uneasy. How about y'all? Thus we have arrived to the man-made disaster section of this episode. Because shockingly, horrifyingly, sadly, there were quite a few. On February 24th, it was the one-year anniversary of the start of the Russian-Ukrainian war. And still, that we got this far, that it was allowed to get this far, blows my mind. But then again, affiliated and a little closer to home news, there are strong indications that Putin himself signed off on the rocket that took down a civilian aircraft, MH17, back in 2014, that killed all of the occupants, including a lot of them Dutch civilians. And I mean, it has been years, and in these kinds of situations, we all know that one way or another, sooner or later, from pulling that trigger, the plane crashing, learning that it was the result of a rocket fired at it, the government officials in Russia knew about this. How could they not? I don't know anyone who was on the plane or who knew someone that was on the plane, but I can only imagine the horror that they feel knowing that their loved ones were literally blown out of the sky with the knowledge of the Russian government, maybe even the direction of Russian government, and no one is properly held accountable, there are no sanctions, repercussions, no one who takes accountability and apologizes. I'm not saying that I wish there was a war in response to this, because we all know in the past this could have been used as a reason to go to war. Still, this current level of response overall feels unsatisfactory. Maybe empty would be a better word for it, because no one is really held accountable, thus no lesson is truly learned from it. And no matter whether it was sanctioned or not, firing rockets and anything but your own defense, I find debatable, to say the least, but that you then misidentify a target and shoot down a civilian aircraft killing all occupants was a mistake. And ideally, I would have liked to have seen Russia come forward and say it was a mistake, people directly involved in making the decision to fire the rocket are all being held responsible, and then trying to find a way for all of us to learn something from this, so that preferably this never happens again. Well intentioned or not, it was a mistake that led to suffering, so you should fucking apologize for that. Now, to me, it just feels like we're all just pussyfooting around the issue, knowing that we all know that they did it, and we all know that no one is actually truly going to be held accountable. Like, maybe the people directly involved will be scapegoated, but the higher-ups, who knew it, who tried to cover it up, will no doubtedly skate. Maybe even profit from it. it. just feels, in my opinion, problematic. Because if you don't learn from it, the chance this will happen again is significant. And this gross miscarriage of justice, the horrendous loss of human life, people who have nothing to do with whatever pissing contests y'all are involved in. To me, it's just very indicative of the times. And even now, like, the dude is getting away with crimes against humanity, irrefutable acts of war, and still think that that is a scary reality that we're living in. In my opinion, Putin has been testing the waters for decades, and in, at least in the past decade, with the annexation of Crimea, I think he tried to see how far he could go, and when he realized that basically he could get 
get away with it. It just cleared the way for the war in Ukraine and what is happening there will haunt us for many decades to come. I think a lot of people are trivializing what is happening there and the effects that it has in the short term, but also in the long term. Not to mention the example that this sets. I mean, we have let Assad get away with some serious shit. We have let China pretty much get away with genocide and hear anything about it in the news anymore. Now we've got Russia going to war and again, in my opinion, quite some pussyfooting around. And well, okay, spoiler, this is recorded in October. I'm going to try to stay as much centered on the month that we're discussing, but I cannot not mention it. The war now in Gaza, Israel, Palestine. I think it was all a precursor to that. Him getting away with this again and again and again cleared the way for other ill-intended people, dictators, to just push that button. And considering astrologically where we are as a collective, this is really a make it or break it time. This is a time where we are rising up, we are striking, and we are clearly telling our governments that we disagree, which we should all very much continue to do so. Yes, please. Because they need to be reminded that we the people hold the power, not them. And I think that is our only way out, but also the only way for our species, our planet, to survive the coming decade. Because I think we've gotten to that point. That is a make it or break it time for our species. We need to grow up. We need to stand up. We need to hold ourselves, each other, fucking accountable. And we need to remember what the fuck we are here for. And that's what I always loved about sci-fi movies, where there is an extraterrestrial threat. And yes, that also is, I think, one of the reasons why I loved Stargate. For those reviews, see my channel. One of the reasons why I really love that show and those movies is because it shows that the moment we get a threat from outside of our planet, extraterrestrial threat, all of a sudden we forget all our bullshit issues and we band together for the survival of our planet, for the survival of our species. So that always, again, reiterates to me, this is all to do about ego. And right now, I think we are at a point in our time where we need to realize that if we continue down this path, it will lead to our destruction. Not some long away, distant future that you're no longer here for to experience anyway, but no, like our generation. See, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to review these last few months. Because now looking back to all the things that happened in the past decade, but also just this year, indications are all there. Every single day, we have a choice to choose a different path. And I think that's why it's so important to learn from your history, to look at your history. Because all the answers that you need for your future are in your history. What's that saying? The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior? And it doesn't mean that you can't change. It just means you got to see it before you believe it. Or that's how I always interpreted it. One, that you have a choice, and two, that actions speak a whole hell of a lot louder than words. Speaking of actions that speak louder than words, news came out that a baby was among the nine people, including its mother and another pregnant woman, who died of cold and thirst on a boat carrying about 50 immigrants across the central Mediterranean, according to Italian authorities. The central Mediterranean is the world's most lethal migration route. Since 2014, more than 20,000 people have died. And again, no matter how you view immigration, asylum seekers, refugees, remember, only desperate people take these kinds of risks because the chance of you dying is significant for the love of all things holy try to view them as people because sometimes with the whole narrative especially government narratives later on there's going to be a duchy item also concerning migration you're missing the outrage but then again the silence might be quite telling in and of itself as well so yeah make of that what you will 
And speaking of lack of outrage, a news article about a Portugal committee being funded by the people they're investigating made me wonder, does anyone else have conflict of interest concerns surrounding all of this? The Portugal committee claims that they have had over 500 people have come forward, but they estimate over 5,000 people have been abused by members of the Roman Catholic Church in the past 70 years. The investigation committee was founded after a French report came out saying over 330,000 kids were sexually abused by clergy between 1950 and 2022. I reiterate, 330,000 children that they know of were sexually abused by clergymen over the short time span, relatively speaking, of 70 years. In France alone, and they are now funding it. Hmm. And I believe that the narrative was that they tried to do restitution this way, but my concern is that this eludes the objectivity of the investigation and y'all should save that money for after it's done and then use that money to aid the survivors to do direct restitution because in this way, I don't know, it just muddies the water too much for me considering that you were an institution always claiming to protect and serve Sound familiar? Blaming yourself holier than thou, promoting love thy neighbor, if only they knew what you meant by that. But just for an institution that has pretty much dominated our lives, inside and out, for over 2,000 years, has been known to willfully, woefully obfuscate and let people get away with horrendous crimes, abusing power that they themselves usurped, because that's what I think they did, is instead of making people responsible and accountable for themselves, they usurped that responsibility into an institution that that they then used to control and manipulate and condemn people in whatever way it suited them. I'm sorry, maybe this is a- well, no. This is, for me, a characterization of an institution, not a religion. Let that be very clear. The religion itself is beautiful. Apart from that, you know, little commandment thingamabob that I mentioned in my uh, Stargate episode, the first commandment, incidentally, the episode was called. I have a little issue with that one. But other than that, I can only support what religions across the globe, past, present, and holy future, stand for. To love yourself, to love each other, to take care of each other, to look out for each other, to uplift each other, to inspire each other. Because the only way up is together. Loving each other for our similarities, for our differences, and helping each other out when we need it. Lend support to those who are going through a difficult time, not by shaming them or guilt-tripping them or persecuting them for having a difference of opinion, but holding someone accountable for their behavior and not condemn them, condemn their soul for such things. Like, the only people that I find irredeemable are are literally the people that have such extensive brain damage that they are incapable of redemption. Psychopaths and such. They are literally incapable of it. So if they went on a murder spree once, you can bet your ass that they'll do it again because their moral compass is absent. Those are the only people that I would make an exception for and I think even those people exist for a reason. I think to remind us of how precious our humanity is, what a gift it can be and should be, and to show us that if we lose our humanity, which I think we've done some extent in-depth research on shows us how destructive it can be and how important it is for us to stay connected to ourselves, each other, our species, our planet, our place in the known universe. And also remember that we are a teeny, 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 tiny planet in a teeny, tiny solar system in a teeny, tiny galaxy in a giant vacuum of galaxies. So, you know, stay humble. But yeah, the, this, this 
article rubbed me the wrong way. Am I the only one? Am, am I being too skeptical? Or do some of you agree with me? Or seriously disagree with me? Because, again, then who should pay for the investigation? Well, my suggestion is, you know, billionaires. <laughs> Instead of shooting up rockets, try and save the people down here first, would ya? I mean, it's been literally calculated how much money would be needed to eradicate famine, and the money that Elon Musk spent on Twitter could have been used for that noble, life-saving, crucial issue that we directly, indirectly all feel the repercussions of. This is where I always see Hermione. <laughs> like, you need to sort out your priorities. Yes, indeed. Preach. And to continue on that lovely subject of priorities, in February we also learned that the five oil companies made, and I shit you not, $196.3 billion in profit in 2022. I'm going to repeat that number. $196.3 billion. That's nine zeros. Profit of just five oil companies. Again, like I've said this before, how is it that our governments, our societies, just humans, are not holding them directly accountable for climate change and all of the environmental damages refugees that it results into. Why aren't we obligating them to put all their stinking dirty ass profit in a trust that can be used to aid countries people suffering from climate change disasters become environmental refugees and use that money for those kinds of things instead of going into their shareholders pockets to buy a tenth house for their third mistress or whatever. A very memorable event in February 2023 was the vinyl chloride train derailment and explosion in Ohio on February 3rd in, oh the irony, a place called East Palestine. While the name Palestine this year caught some very bad juju, the coverage of it was very minimal, thank god for social media in those instances, because then we show people what is actually happening even if the news coverage of it is minimal, because what happened here is horrifying, disastrous, and shocking, and terrifying. Especially Especially after learning that every single person on this planet, including babies who are still in the womb, already have certain elements inside of them because of the pollution over the last 50 to 100 years. There was this movie with Mark Ruffalo, Dark Waters 2019, about PFAS, I think it was, where just for decades they knew how dangerous and toxic it was and they just don't give a flying fart. And I remember like back in the day, in the early 2000s, that there was this story about the no stick our frying pans was toxic and that as soon as it was damaged we needed to toss it but other than that i don't remember any major disclaimer like beware because if there was why would we still be using them but that movie shocked me horrified me terrified me a little bit but then i think shortly thereafter this happened and just the images like i made a promotional post on it for the instagram account so go check it out please like you need to see it to believe it same with that fireball in the ocean again there's another post about that one in january look it up like these things are so ginormous and terrifying because they mean that we've reached a certain milestone in our evolution slash destruction and somehow I'm missing the outrage or the terror of what this can mean and thus the action to course correct now while we still can but yeah this one again and now it's granted you know it's now October when I'm recording this I don't remember hearing anything about this ever again other than that at the time people were told it was safe uh-huh luckily people by now especially after the whole Flynn debacle know not to take their estimate 
proclamations, proclamations, all that series. So God bless. Skeptical citizens is not always a bad thing, but also like pets were dying, fish were dying by the thousands. Not much of that has sunk into the into the soil and is thus polluting our water supply. Just terrifying. Plus, you could also, you know, see it as already a very bad omen for what was going to be happening later on in the year. Because 2020 hindsight is really educational, if you bother to check. Because in researching the month February, I noticed that there were news items on Israel and rockets going back and forth with Syria and Palestine, Gaza, and I'd forgotten. For instance, they were sending rockets to Syria, led a raid into a refugee camp looking for three men, but killing ten civilians and leaving hundreds wounded. I thought Mossad was known for their decisive, skillful... This was like, instead of using a scalpel, we're using a sledgehammer, but okay. The outbreak of violence in October didn't come out of the blue. There was a serious ramp up to this, and the United Nations already noted earlier in the year that 2022 was the deadliest in the West Bank in almost 20 years. Over 150 Palestinians and more than 20 Israelis were killed. And, well, unfortunately, we can add a shit ton of zeros to that over 2023 already, and it's not even de-escalated or anywhere close to peaceful resolution. It just overwhelms that there are no words that can do it justice, other than, for the love of all things holy, please stop. But now, when I decided to start back, and I noticed these news items in the archive of news, I noticed that I'd forgotten about all these signs on the wall that were indicating that the shit was going to hit the fan sooner or later, and it's always been like that, I think. Because the situation there is still anything but peaceful. Everyone just felt the need to find a peaceful resolution, where everyone again remembers what the religion actually stands for, and that it has nothing to do with territory. It's about what's in your heart, and how you can grow into a loving, kind person that makes this world a better place for all of us, and not just for you and yours. Note, this is still the man-made disaster section. I haven't even gotten to the Mother Nature disaster section, which is coming up next, because in February, that was also Holy Mother Nature shit. Oi. But yeah, let's just say February 2023 was a whopper of a month that taught us about the price we pay for ego and greed and lack of humanity, and also, in the same breath, highlight how fucking important it is to never lose sight of that. We all are living on the same planet, breathing the same air, and despite getting completely overwhelmed with just all of it, I do think it's important to review it, to talk about it, to find each other, to connect. Take a stand together, for it is too late but also to process and to heal together because these news items and the news items overall in general these days can sometimes just be too much. And right now, just looking at this month alone and knowing where we're going is in from February to October, but also from October to our future, it's a toughie. Especially when you feel you have so little impact on the whole. Governments, by definition, are hard to move, for better and for worse. I do think that we the people in the end will always prevail as long as we stand tall, stand together, and stand firm. And stand with the people that stand up and call for action. One such person is Sean King. I follow him on Instagram and he has called for us to join him in playing an active role to get the violence to stop. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to entail, but I think up until now, around 70,000 people have signed up. So even though this is, yes, the podcast episode for February, it's being recorded in October. Currently, Sean King is calling on us, the people, to stand with him and to make a difference. So, so look around in your own 
community, in your own country, what you can do to make this stop. Because for the past 15 to 20 years, we have been going from war to war to war, escalating violence to the point where, in my head, we're already in World War III. And also, in my opinion, we need to make a choice, rather today than tomorrow, to stop fighting, stop killings, and focus more on yourself and what you can do to make this world a better place for all of us. And now have arrived at a time where we, the people, are taking back our power because clearly the people that we trusted with leading us with making important decisions for us for the betterment of our nation's country but basically just the world because we're all living on the same fucking planet we're neighbors we're family whether you like it or not and we can cohabitate if we want to where there's a will there's a way times when we are reminded by Mother Nature who's really boss. And on February 6th, Turkey and Syria got a very stark reminder of that, as they got hit by a 7.8 magnitude earthquake, which was rapidly followed by a 6.7 magnitude earthquake, and later in the day, another 7.5 earthquake with up to 6 thousand earthquakes and aftershocks in total. At the end of the month, the death toll stood at over 50,000, with 1.5 million people left homeless. Like, those numbers are unfathomable. And all in a single month, probably people felt the need to respond, send aid, do anything they could think of to help. Unfortunately, due to all the problems and the focus, Turkey got let's not forget about Syria. Helping them, getting help to them, raising money for them, seemed to be be a little on the back burner, which was sad, but they were most definitely not forgotten. And I really do hope that the aid organizations make an effort to get all the money raised to them as well and not just Turkey. Especially seeing the devastation and Syria has not only suffered due to this earthquake, but also because it's still being ravished by war. Here in the Netherlands, a lot of Turkish relatives live who were devastated, many lost family members, some lost entire families, and I was moved to see how not only Turkish people in the Netherlands, but also Dutchies rallied, and we all offered our help and support, and that kind of did move me, that despite most of the Dutchies' stance on immigration, that in times of need, to remember that we are all human, and that we can all help each other, and that we should, more importantly, that we should. New Zealand was getting bit slapped by Mother Nature as well with an earthquake of 6.1 magnitude and they also got hit at the same time with Hurricane Gabrielle. So I don't know who cursed or what New Zealand did to piss off Mother Nature, but damn, that was just cruel. And also Chile got ravished by wildfires where the damage was visible from space. Dozens were killed, thousands were injured, and many were left homeless. That really seemed to be a theme this year. Fuck, just this month. astronomically speaking, interesting shit was happening this month. The first week of February, a comet passed us that only passes us every 50,000 years, so you could say that that's rare. And only the seventh time in human history did they find an asteroid that was headed towards Earth and broke Earth's atmosphere around Valentine's Day. I'm kind of wondering, in February, around the time that the comet passed us and the asteroid breached Earth's atmosphere, I had some very intense dreams. You could call them nightmares 
nerves around that period. Did anyone else experience something along those lines where you felt strong sense of doom or had some nightmares that really touched upon all your fears and anxieties and just insecurities all around? Because I remember that month, particularly for me, just really struck a chord. Energies of the universe, people, we are all sensing them. So if you want to share, please do. Then we have arrived to the fun, weird, remarkable, say what now, news section. New Zealand found a half of a billion dollars worth of cocaine just floating about in the sea. Now that's what I call a catch. This one for me falls firmly in the say what now column. The choreographer of the state opera of the German city Hanover, Marco Goethe, has been suspended for smearing a critic with dog poop. His attack was in response to a negative review a journalist wrote about a performance. Really? That's what we're doing now? Whatever happened to eggs or just, you know, take it as one person's opinion and letting it go. Just wow. And just as we're talking about wow. In Singapore, a man sued a woman for just wanting to be his friend and not his romantic partner. He claimed $3 million in damages to cover financial losses as well as rehabilitation and therapy to overcome the trauma of being friend-zoned, while he, without her permission, put her in the fuck zone. What is up with that? Like, this is toxic patriarchy to the max. And just the fact that the courts allowed this to even become an actual court case, where she has to defend herself. Just the entitlement? The male ego really has no bounds. Unless we set them. Boundaries, people. Vital. And that the court even entertains this notion where a woman has to stand up in court to defend why she wouldn't date a guy. And I thought Singapore was, at least on some level, a little more advanced than some, but lordy. Crazy times. Crazy times. I couldn't yet find how it ended, but if someone knows, please do share. Also in February, the Pope surprised me by saying that laws criminalizing LGBTQ people are a sin and an injustice. Right on, suck on that, you bigoted conservatives. And he also lost me, again, when he said not having children is selfish. I'm sorry. What? Like, I understand on some biological level people think that the need to procreate is our first and foremost life's purpose, but one, we are overcrowded as it is. Two, people are dying by the droves. Shouldn't we first try and make the world that is better before we keep chucking more and more kids into it? And three, the world is on fire. How is choosing not to bring a child into all of that suffering? just all of it. How is that ever selfish? I think it's selfish to just keep popping up babies when you are clearly not dealing with your issues, when you see it as a way to have a mini-me for you to control, or that someone will unconditionally love you, or like you don't bring a kid into the world to love you. That is not a child's function, or to keep you and your partner together. A child should never be born with a job. I mean, every single intake, either a child, a teen, or an adult that I ever did, they told me stuff about their childhood, not surprised have them on my sofa. I think we first need to become more aware and work on our issues, heal from our issues, so that we set a healthy example for our children. And I think it's our job as parents, as adults, to have any form of generational trauma stop with us and not pass it on to them so that the kids that we bring into this world truly have a bright future. And right now, I don't think they do. To call that choice of having kids selfish makes you selfish and a narcissist, in my opinion. Because 
because just having kids for the sake of having kids is just your narcissistic way of trying to dominate by sheer numbers. Just allow people the choice because what's happening now is that the choice, whether or not you have children, particularly for women, is being taken away again. And that only allows for more children to be born in a situation that is damaging for all involved. That development scares me greatly because I already see the last few generations struggle with the world that we've created and with the way shit is going now. God only knows how this year will continue. So logically speaking, apparently this could go on for a bit, at least until January 2025. We are still in the Aries-Libra axis. The planet ruler for Aries is Mars, and the planet ruler for Libra is Venus. You could say that those are opposing energies, but the axis is meant to be in balance. So you have the warrior-soldier energy from Mars, and the love or harmony of Venus. And the goal is to marry those energies. And I really do so very much hope that we find that balance. And with all the other astrological events happening, planetary shifts, particularly Pluto and the Age of Aquarius, we have a great opportunity to make a change for the better. So I'm hoping that with all of our efforts combined, because I do think we are in the majority, people that want to heal and create, as opposed to the people that want to destroy and dominate, hearing the Pope say this really went from, oh, Pope, I'm so very proud of you. With you saying it, maybe they will finally back off again, because the law concerning LGBTQ, all of it is wackadoodle and terrifying. But then you go and follow that up with, oh no, by all means, keep popping up babies. That is not the sentiment we need right now. Let's try and take care of the babies that are already here before we keep popping up new ones and using them as cannon fodder. In my opinion, in terminology for how society is sometimes treated by the governing body and so beautifully, aptly, as such, described by George Carlin. If there's anyone or anything that really invites you, incites you to do some critical thinking, you should watch some of his shows because it makes you think about stuff that maybe you possibly haven't thought of before and you don't have to agree with him. It's an invitation to think on it. Critical thinking, it's a vital skill we all need to really truly stand for them because if you stand for nothing, what will you fall for? I really love that line from Hamilton. <laughs> Back to the Pope. Let's not forget, the dude himself is celibate and can't have kids. So, did you just call yourself selfish? Either way, connection is what drives us. And right now, we seem to have forgotten. Well, at least the people with the big sticks seem to have forgotten. But I'm very happy to see we the people, who vastly outnumber them, are channeling that Venus energy and the Libra energy, for that matter, to come together to remember there is no need for this aggression and that the people who are committing these vile crimes need to be held accountable and stopped as soon as possible. This nodal return started just a few months ago, and look what has happened since. I'm just saying, apart from Mother Nature disasters, just look at the man-made disasters so far this year. The universe does seem to be saying, like, buckle up, buttercup, you're in for a bumpy ride. to end this section on at least somewhat of a happy note. Spain expands its transgender rights and introduces paid menstrual leave. The first country to do so in Europe. Well done, Spain. And that apparently was also it for the happy note because when we get to the celebrity news section this month, Raquel Welch, who was 82, died. De La Soul rapper Tugor the Dove, 54, died. As well as Richard Balser, who was 78 at the time of his death and who, y'all might remember, played Munch on Law & Order's Special Victims Unit. You will all be remembered and missed. 
then I guess you could see it as a silver lining. Robert Sylvester Kelly, aka R. Kelly, gets another 25 years on top of his already 30-year conviction for leading an organization aimed at abusing women and underage girls. He gets this additional time for producing child pornography and enticing minors to have sex. Also, Harvey Weinstein gets sentenced to uh, 16 years for rape in addition to the 23 years for his other sexual crimes. So, yeah, I think you could say the good news here is that two serial molesters are off the streets, finally, and gonna be doing time probably until they die, as they deserve. Small blessings, I guess. After the unexpected retirement of Gish, one of its main players, Charlie Capen, launched Be Momentous on February 11th, a community platform where you can hang out with celebrities and share exciting experiences with them. Cool initiative! Let's see what they got in store for us! And the perfect item to launch us into the Dutchie news section is that a Dutchie drummer is going to attempt for a while as the U2 drummer. Awesome! For those of you not in the know, since 1975, Suriname has been an independent country after being colonized by the Dutchies for more than 300 years. Apparently, they were inspired by the January Sixers because they too now stormed parliament. The unrest began after an anti-government protest in the morning attended that thousands escalated. The demonstrators believe that the president, Santoki, and Vice President Brunswijk are not keeping their election promises and are demanding their departure. From his predecessor, Bautusse, which is a whole nother... Uh, the president inherited an empty state treasury, a sky-high debt, and a deep-booted corruption problem. Hmm, sounds familiar, don't it? In addition, there is high inflation. The people are angry at Santoki, as he apparently appointed quite a few family members to various important positions. See, people, now that is nepotism. Journalists were also threatened and attacked during the riots, because apparently that too has now become a common-day occurrence. Do you see how this shit causes trends and not good ones? I mean, protesting, demonstrating, yes, that is the people's right to show our dissatisfaction and we should always have the freedom and rise up and demand change, but lord have mercy. Storming parliament, destroying property, threatening, killing, hurting people. It's a mad, mad world. Which we again got reminded by when a news article announced that anti-semitism in classes has become a persistent problem. You don't say. And gee, I wonder why. Don't people realize that you're not born anti-semitic, you are made anti-semitic? It's a learned behavior, people. And you're an educational institution. Maybe you should get on that and educate. Hmm. Another delightful example of how that shit quickly becomes a trend. One of our ministers went for a talk with some disgruntled civilians and they were waiting for her with lit torches. She herself said this behavior is a known association with the Ku Klux Klan and demonstrating with burning torches is sending a message. Be careful or you might get burned. It has nothing to do with peaceful protesting and though I do not agree with that woman on much, with that, yeah, I had to agree with her 100%. She herself threw it back as far as the Ku Klux Klan in the 50s and 60s, but quite a more recent occurrence with tiki torches and white supremacy. This was as recent as six years ago, and the fuckers were so brazen, knowing that they would get away with it, that they weren't even wearing masks, because that is the time we live in now. The white supremacists are so comfortable knowing that not many, if any, will actually suffer true consequences for this terroristic behavior. Well, they reacted all affronted by her association, but I'm sorry, what else could be your message if you show up in the fucking daylight with lit torches? Right. You were trying to set a more casual, romantic mood in the daylight? Bitch, please. 
the country's major unions is gearing up for a mass claim against baggage and cargo companies at Schiphol Airport. So far, over 400 people have signed on. Last year, a research study was published that detailed how for years, companies have been forcing their employees to strenuous physical labor known to be detrimental to their health. So, yeah, pay up fuckers. Another beauty. The royal, Mama say, is, and I quote, no longer allowed to check people based on their skin color. Sorry, no longer allowed, as in they were allowed before. Okay. And another, yeah, it was that kind of a month. News article wrote about how migrant workers are often in a vulnerable position in the Netherlands. Anyone who abuses this, for example, by paying them a small pittance or housing them poorly, basically, you know, exploitation, currently can only be prosecuted with much difficulty. Thus, they have now created a law to make exploiting migrant workers prosecutorial offense. Again, it wasn't before. They did state that, of course, this type of abuse is not allowed under the current rules. Until now, it's always been tackled through labor inspection and labor law. We now say, no, this is exploitation of people in a vulnerable position. This is why we are also including it in the article of law dealing with human trafficking. Again, it wasn't before. No. Well, I guess it's in there now, but oy, that one hurts my brain. Although, not as much as this one. I cannot say February was not a good month for us. The majority of the opposition, and surprisingly, mostly right-wingers, submitted the motion, and our country's largest and thus governing parties believe that this offer shows promising opportunities, their words, not mine, to solve the asylum crisis. And what this is, you may ask? Well, strap in. They want not only the reception, but also the, the asylum procedure to take place outside of the European Union. He repeats, they want people seeking asylum at our borders to be put on a plane flown outside of the European Union to then await their asylum procedure, which can take years. To conclude, these people are coming to the European Union from outside of the European Union for safety. Hey, mate, I'm sorry, this is like government-sanctioned human trafficking. Is it just me? Like, are we... Uh? Isn't this where this whole show started with? Colonization, human trafficking, slavery? I mean, and again, I'm so missing the outrage because they just keep saying, well, they keep coming here and it's too difficult to house them and our own population is getting pissy. Okay, yeah, maybe. But, like, are we missing the reasons why they are running away? Why they are coming here? And, I'm sorry, did we miss the part that we played in that? And not just recently, but, like, this is a result from hundreds of years of colonization, destabilizing governments. I mean, you reap what you sow, people, honestly. And unfortunately, now you're all getting a little bothered and your response is, let's go back to what we did before, human trafficking. Leave it to the colonizers to come up with such a beautiful, what is it they called it? Promising opportunity? Oi, clearly we've learned nothing. Well, they did, they didn't, evidently. An item that all but finished me off was when our Prime Minister Rutte said that they may have been too harsh to the unvaccinated people during the pandemic. Um, sorry, what? Too harsh to the unvaccinated? I had a very simple choice. The vaccinated or don't? Okay, if you don't get vaccinated, at least test yourself, and if you test positive, quarantine yourself. That was it. But for people like me, people at risk, we couldn't do anything out of fear because of these assholes who not only did not get vaccinated, 
vaccinated but were too fucking bothered to wear a mask, let alone keep their distance, or even test. They just didn't give a flying fart as long as they could do, well, basically the thing that they've always done, be fucking oobalist about it. They spent two years in quarantine, basically, because of those assholes. And he is now apologizing to them? Motherfucker, I damn near lost my mind because you did not take any of this seriously. We were a laughing stock on the global stage. You downplayed the risks and the dangers that COVID posed, not only to the elderly, but anyone who had risk factors, including children with diabetes, with cancer, but you never ever mentioned those. I completely missed the outrage when there were reputable people who filed a proposition to, and I am not exaggerating, I wish I was, but yeah, to gather up all the at-risk people, put them in the bungalow parks in our country, fence us in, and we would not be allowed out. They, of course, I mean, hello, no one bars the ableists. They were, of course, allowed to be let in, but we were not allowed to leave. That sounds an awful lot like internment, doesn't it? And no one, as far as I could tell, denounced that in any way, shape, or form. Not definitively. I mean, they fucking announced on TV that they suspended school two weeks before it was supposed to, to force parents to work from home. They admitted using children as fucking pawns, sending them into possibly dangerous situations to force parents to work from home. I'm sorry, have you tried working when you have a five-year-old running around? Hmm, no. And now we have learned the beauty of hybrid working, of at least partially doing our job from home, and now y'all bitching and moaning that we need to come back to the office. Like, progress is really lost on you people. But yeah, I reached my quota after that one, apologizing to the ableist assholes who ruined it for the rest of us, who screamed bloody fucking murder for being asked to be considerate of people who were at risk for an illness that was killing left, right, and center, leaving people disabled. And just the few choices, because you still had choices that would have kept us all safe was too much to ask. And now our fucking prime minister is apologizing to these motherfuckers. Where is my apology? Where's the apology for the people that worked? Because you said it was safe. Because you said, oh no, you don't need to wear FFP2 masks. Your job is essential. It is your duty to show up. And now all those people have long COVID and cannot work, have no financial backup plan, and you just keep telling them you're too bothered. You're too stuck up to pony up. I still think we should put that on a t-shirt, truly. Because they are. That's for real. But yeah, this one just popped my lid permanently. And incidentally, February 23rd was also when they announced that we no longer needed to test for COVID. It's just like the flu. I'm sorry, what? Is it? Is it? I doubt it. I mean, if you've got all of your vaccinations, maybe. I mean, as of yet, I have not caught COVID, or at least I've never tested positive. I got all my shots, but I remember a fair few who caught COVID multiple times. And when they caught it, said, oh, I wish I'd gotten my vaccination. Uh-huh. Well, we did try to warn you. Just be thankful when you don't catch long COVID. Just saying. Another prime example of how bad governing leads to shitty decisions in the here and now. Apparently, our government is so ill-prepared that the necessary expansion of the electricity grid is being significantly delayed due to the impasse over nitrogen. The grid operators warn that the climate goals for 2030 will be jeopardized if, for example, the construction of high-voltage lines comes to a standstill. So, because they have been in denial for so long and have really dragged their feet going green, now we've reached the point where everyone wants to hook up. 
their solar panels, but the electricity grid can't take it anymore. It needs to expand, but we can't expand because if we do that, we won't reach our climate goals. See, this is where it becomes evident that long-term thinking is an essential skill for governing bodies to have. Clearly, ours don't. So basically what they're now saying is we're not going to reach our climate goals left or right. This government is so fucking exhausting. Am I the only one that's getting exhausted by these assholes? Vote them out, people, for the love of all things holy. Scratch that for your own fucking survival. Well, alright then, that was it for all the horrifying news of February 2023. It was, like I said, a whopper of a month. There are also a lot of interesting, funny, educational posts that I found could do with some sharing to remember February by as well. So for those, go check out my Let's Review with Leila and You Instagram account. There are quite a few. I also posted some bonus content made by Mash Sputson. That dude made me laugh so many times. His posts were awesome. So I made clip art of it so you can watch it on my Instagram. Instagram account. I'll add the link to his account as well. Also, there was a little other climate annoyance that the account Climate Cardinals made me aware of. Apparently, $16 billion was going to be spent on gambling during the Super Bowl. $16 billion. Sweet mother. That is enough money to rebuild Pakistan. Priorities, people. Again, with the Hermione quote, like, you need to sort out your priorities, people. Not even to start about the usage of private jets. Like, come on. We're all on this planet together. The, a lovely daily nugget by and then there was this little article about gender and sleepovers. Is it something to celebrate or is it a scandal? And I myself have had experiences concerning this. And I'm wondering how y'all experienced this. For instance, when I was young, like elementary school level young, my best friend was a boy. And at a certain point he moved away and I didn't see him for a few years. And then when I saw him again, he was totally freaked out by the fact that I was now quite undeniably a girl. And I mean, we used to share baths. And to me, he still was my friend. But apparently the fact that I was now more girly, freaked him the fuck out. And I think also because people made a whole big deal out of it about the whole gender thing. I remember as a kid, elementary, middle school, high school, I never cared about the gender differences. Like I shared some interests with girls and I shared some interests with boys. But it was other people's gendering. Is that a word? Like, like what the fuck is your problem? I played with a guy that, and we played Barbies together. He caught some serious fuck for that. Yes, I like Barbies, but I also played with Legos. I liked race cars. In elementary school, during break, we used to play Power Rangers. I liked Dragon Ball Z. All of that stuff. And just the gendering that the adults did, that a lot of youth adopted, ruined quite a friendships for me. The creepy thing about it is, because you made it sexual, you're placing your underage children in the fuck zone or wanting to fuck each other's zone. Well, by doing that, you're ruining friendships. If, for the sake of argument, romantic or sexual feelings do arise, make them not feel ashamed about it. Teach them how to explore that in a safe and healthy way instead of being afraid of it, ashamed of it, resulting in the loss of friendships. Because, like I said, for years he was my best friend. But because all of a sudden he could no longer deny that I was a girl because I was developing boobs, suddenly he couldn't rhyme that with being able to be a friend with a girl. Because boys and girls can't be friends. Or so we are made to believe. Like that we don't take baths anymore, okay? But he couldn't rhyme 
time that with you were my friend, all he saw was a girl. That just because I became a little more girly, he didn't want to play with me anymore. Like, he didn't know how to act around me. In my opinion, we still could have had sleepovers, still had common interests. That was the last time I ever saw him, which is a shame because he was my best friend for many years. I always hated that when friends start dating, especially with heterosexual couples, that everything you're doing is coupley. Like, the boys with the boys and the girls with the girls, and I know we can have differences in, in interests and, and tastes, and there is a difference in topics that girls talk about and boys talk about and that you do that with your own gender. Fine. But the strict down the line separation always baffled me. And I thought it was quite limiting. So what do you all land? Do you celebrate gendered co-ed sleepovers or do you think it's scandalous? And a quote by Mark Rose that I really liked and I thought might be a nice way to wrap up this episode. It goes as follows. Sharing how you feel and what's real for you may be scary, but every time you hold back truth, you make fear more important than love. This is why the depth of your ability to love will always be mirrored by your ability to be honest. It's as simple as that. Boom. Could not agree more. Come check out our Instagram account, Let's Review with Layla and you, for some primo content. In addition to these podcast episodes, viewer discretion is advised. And also a place for you to drop a comment and share your thoughts. I would love to hear them. All right. Thanks all for listening. Hope to see you back for a review of March. I do hope to see you there.